really want to see entrepreneurship empowered all across the country. I want to see all of us do a better job championing our local entrepreneurs and small business owners from our main streeters to microenterprises to those high-tech, high-growth firms like we mentioned. And I want that network that is being created and what we are seeing and what we've been intentional about is going beyond just best practices and taking a true and genuine relationship first type of approach to building out the communities that we're engaging with. Welcome to Forward with NACI, Inspiring Entrepreneurial Action, a podcast that shares the stories of everyday entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial leaders, and the communities that support us. We hope that this diverse collection of stories brings you inspiration, inspires you to take action, and ignites entrepreneurship in your community as we make our way forward together. Welcome to this episode of Forward with NACI. I'm really excited to have Rob Williams in our studio today. We had a great time in Indianapolis talking about ecosystem building, and I have been following his company and his work for a long time. So I'm really happy that you're here with us today, Rob. So why don't we just jump in and you can introduce yourself to our audience. Tell us a little bit about you and kind of what led you to do the work that you're doing today. Sure. It's been a very interesting path, to say the least. Uh, So I've spent close to now going on 18 years in entrepreneurship-led economic development, particularly as it pertains in higher ed. Uh, I started first as a small business development center consultant in my first tenure with the University of Northern Iowa, and then went on to build statewide networks of entrepreneurial support and was able to leverage higher education assets and put those assets into the hands of local entrepreneurs. It included um, providing research information, kind of a light form of economic gardening through a program that we called at that time the Iowa Business Concierge. We ended up launching Iowa SourceLink and uh, a couple other different programs to help meet gaps in entrepreneurs in the state of Iowa. Uh, Through that work, the SourceLink National Group kind of noticed what was going on and recruited me to actually join SourceLink National based in Kansas City, Missouri, to build out the national network of SourceLink affiliates all across the country that are doing that kind of uh, activity and work. Uh, During my my tenure, I've had uh, just a slew of amazing mentors and friends and folks doing this work. But primarily, I think when thinking about mentors and career experiences that led me to where I am today, it's ultimately been my team. And my current team is what keeps me going and is what inspires me. So a shout out to Dara Macon, Pulla Firestone, Maria Myers, and Mark Galisi. They're the, the best. I'm also inspired and driven by all of our affiliates across the country that are doing just really impressive and powerful work. And then we've had a couple of key stakeholders, both in my career uh, and then also with SourceLink. Nathan Ole, Andy Stoll, Beth Zimmer, Don Mackey, Doug Hines, Steve Bradley, Penny Lewandowski. I mean, uh, the field is in a really great place because of really impactful folks doing national work in this field. Um, and That's Corbin, I got you among that group as well, <laughs> Nacy. And, uh, you know, the, your very uh, long and impactful tenure there has been really, really amazing as well. Yeah, you're a great leader, Robin. You're kind. You, you, you really give credit to people. And I've noticed that about the work that we do together and um, the work that we do in the field is that people might change chairs or change positions or jump into another state, but we all stay connected. And, and I think that for me gives me a lot of joy in, in my career. And as we, you know, you had mentioned 18 years and I was thinking about 
myself working in the community college system now for almost 15 years, whether it was at a college or at NACI, and every year is new and it's different. And, and I think that is a great thing. There are a couple of things that you mentioned that people who are listening may not know what that is. And one is a term that I haven't heard for a couple of years, but I love, which is um, economic gardening. So tell us what that means, because people might not understand that. And then I want to kind of move into talking a little bit about ecosystem building, because that might be a new term for people as well. Sure. Uh, yeah, happy to. Uh, full disclosure. Now, I am. I, I did go through the certification process with the National Center for Economic Gardening, but that's been a while uh, back. But economic gardening is a, a, a term coined by Chris Gibbons, based around this concept of being able to empower second stage entrepreneurs or business owners, those with ten to ninety nine employees that are high growth, high impact, uh, locally based. The uh, notion is that by empowering that group with advanced market research information and guidance and consulting, you can have a tremendous impact in their growth trajectory and thus a tremendous impact in your local economy by empowering that particular set of entrepreneurs. And that time and effort spent with that group can lead tremendous returns into those activities. It's a a very well-established, well-developed program. Uh, Again, Chris Gibbons is is the one that kind of spearheads that. Um, You can check out the National Center for Economic Gardening website for more information. But they've been around probably around 20 years as well or or in that that zone. And they have a lot of success stories, a lot of happy companies that have gone through that program. And I know they're looking always for other uh, organizations that want to join that that effort and, and be trained up and equipped to be able to deliver the, that service. But did I explain that okay? In a no, nutshell, did. like I said, it's been a while <laughs> since I've been involved in the network gardening directly. But You're very, you know, you're, you're good at, at kind of putting things in plain language so people can um, understand them. And that that's really what we aspire to do at NACI is like try to forget about all the vernacular and big words, <laughs> you know, just <laughs> get right to it. And and before we get into ecosystem building, which I want to ask you about, it strikes me as you were talking about your experience growing up in Iowa and now being in Kansas City. Now, Kansas City is a great city, um, but it's surrounded. Obviously, it's a very rural state. And, you know, people sometimes think of business as, you know, high tech business or I want to create an app or you know, there are hubs around the country, New York City, Chicago, Silicon Valley. But I've learned from you and other people and, and the work we do with community colleges that entrepreneurship can really begin anywhere. And, and anyone um, with proper connections and support can really be successful at it. So I'd like for you just to, before we get into ecosystem building, share with us a little bit about the experience of, of being in a rural area and um, really trying to foster or cultivate um, entrepreneurship. What is what does that look like? Well, that's topic near and very dear to my heart. And you are spot on about entrepreneurship being everywhere, and that's particularly true in, in rural as well. And we oftentimes, particularly when I think back to maybe five, ten years ago, there was a lot of startup this, startup that, high growth, high tech. The through line of my career has always been more of an inclusive and broad lens to approaching entrepreneurship-led economic development and talking about the entire entrepreneurial stack. And that would include your main street entrepreneurs, your micro-enterprise entrepreneurs, as well as your high-tech, high-growth entrepreneurs. And that is something that I'm seeing and I'm encouraged by seeing uh, more communities, more organizations that are doing this work, focusing on the 
broader definition of the term entrepreneur, putting aside the fact that that term entrepreneur can also sometimes be loaded, like, like the word ecosystem. But I think that, that, that taking that approach enables you to have more impact and to be able to do even better work because it opens your eyes to saying, hey, that Main Street entrepreneur is providing an environment that is helpful to my high-tech, high-growth entrepreneurs. It is helpful to the community and workforce development work that we are doing. And it is every bit as valuable as the 100-person high-tech firm that's doing graphic design and building websites and apps over here. That tends to be sometimes where we focus. And we tend to miss opportunities to really create change as a result. And so I think particularly I've seen the impact of that in, in the rural communities that I have done active work in. Um, and I see that every day among our, our affiliate network and the ways that they approach it. And so I think it's very, very important that we as a profession are making sure that we are very clear in defining who we are trying to serve and what we are trying to do. And that's not to say there are some programs and some initiatives like economic gardening that have a very clear focus area, a very clear niche that they are trying to do and, and outcomes that they are trying to achieve. And in that case, it makes perfectly good sense to define this as stage two firms that we were looking to accelerate to have a positive job impact creation. I mean, that, that's, that's very good. But for a, a lot of the groups that I work in, in particular rural, we need to start taking a broader lens. And that, that includes also uh, an important new focus or an emerging focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion, which I am seeing come up more and more the last five years, and I think is much needed and is part of that as well. Sorry, that's a very long answer, but that's just, uh, it's a good answer. Where, where I'm at. And I think it's a great segue to having a deeper discussion about ecosystems because what I heard you say in terms of rural is really the value of everyone. And to me, that is really what equity um, is about, is, is trying to sort of not only level the playing field, but really kind of boost people up and give people opportunities, whether they are in rural areas and have somewhat maybe been left behind with opportunity and same thing with um, within cities. So when I started learning about more about ecosystems, I, I'll never forget it because I really only thought about it in terms of a scientific perspective, maybe seven or eight years ago. Yeah. And then I was spending time um, with Deb Hoover, who used to be the president of the Burton D. Morgan Foundation. I, I'm sure you know uh, Deb and the good work that she does. And she reimagined her organization in kind of an ecosystem model, which was fascinating to me. So let's get into that for a few minutes. Um, what is a way of getting people to understand what an ecosystem is and why it's important for not only, you know, entrepreneurs, everyday entrepreneurs everywhere and communities, but, you know, how might people plug into an ecosystem regardless of where they're tuning into this conversation? Oh, I love this question so much. And I'd like to start with an answer that uh, begins with a bit of a story. So I am, uh, my mom is an economic developer and she works in entrepreneurship support and building ecosystems. Uh, and my dad is actually a, a native prairie botanist. And so whenever the term ecosystem was thrown around in my household, the conversation was quite interesting around natural habitats and ecosystems among living systems and biological systems. And my dad absolutely putting his foot down saying, you know, tell my mom, you can't, you can't call it an, an entrepreneurial ecosystem because an ecosystem is a natural, ecological, biological, scientific process. It is not a, a social science. And, and here's my mom saying, no, 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 no. A lot of these principles about complexity and about emergent uh, uh, impacts happen also 
inside of this social science, this emerging science of building entrepreneurial communities. And so I, I kind of have been struggling a little bit and learning from that particular concept and seeing all the interesting ways that it applies from when I was really young uh, and hearing them talk about the work that they were doing and how it applied. So when I said earlier that ecosystem term is a bit loaded, it, it is. It's an emerging new term. I think it's still being defined. I know it's still being defined. Um, the Ecosystem Building Leadership Project is direct uh, proof of that. Uh, but as it, as it emerges, I think that it's helpful to think about analogous terms. So when I think about ecosystem building, I'm thinking about building networks of support. And every community has an existing network of support. They have a community that's built up around entrepreneurs and small businesses there to support them. And so oftentimes what needs to happen in a lot of communities and what we often um, spend a lot of our time doing when we engage with a community is saying, first, start with where you are and understand what you have, because you already have an ecosystem. You already have an infrastructure. It's just being able to step back and take a look at it. You have a community college that's doing workforce development that touches entrepreneurs. You have a SBDC that's providing direct technical assistance. You have a women's business center. You may have a SCORE that has a mentor network. And part of the right recipe and understanding where you are and where your community says, leveraging those assets to bolster and grow more entrepreneurs, and then identifying those gaps where you could do what you could do together collaboratively to improve that infrastructure, that network of support. You know, what often happens with entrepreneurship is that an entrepreneur has a hiring problem or they don't know how to start a company. They turn to a player inside of that ecosystem, inside of that infrastructure, and they may or may not be able to jump to that right resource because it's not networked and it's not aware. There's no visibility. There, there's no one bringing together that infrastructure and, and calling it out and being intentional about uh, weaving those, those pieces and parts together. Network weaving is another initiative long-standing that also dovetails very nicely into this thing that we're calling ecosystem building. And so I think what people are trying to figure out is how do we be a good network navigator? How do we be a good uh, ecosystem builder, a network of support builder within our communities? And there's really a lot of great groups that have spent a lot of time thinking and thoughtfully and building processes and methodologies around this. And so the, the lucky thing about where we are at this point in time in our field is that we're not starting from scratch. We've got groups, really amazing groups, uh, including NACI, that have best practices, that have initiatives, that can that have methodologies that work. Uh, it's just kind of putting these pieces and parts together and building a little more formality around it for the field to be able to be more accessible and leveraged by a wider audience. You know, as you were talking, um, right popping into my mind was effectuation. And I, I know you're familiar with that too, but... It, it really is what you said about uh, mapping out your assets. And we're going to talk about SourceLink in a second, but looking at what's in front of you, really being present. And so it has all of the goodness of, you know, being grateful for what you have and not pining for what you don't have. But as I'm sure you remember, the second step in effectuation is really sort of um, looking at, you know, evaluating sort of affordable you know, loss, they might say, like, if you're going to go and do something, start a business, uh, start a venture, thinking about what do you stand to gain? What do you stand to lose? Um, and I know there are tools that help us do that. But the third step, I'm not going to get through all five steps. So if people are interested in effectuation, you have to Google it. But the third step is the crazy quilt. And that's where I feel 
that ecosystem building and entrepreneurial mindset is where the rubber meets the road because we can't do any of these things alone, um, no matter how much money people have. I mean, Andy Stoll will tell you that from the Kauffman Foundation. He's been very, very generous to um, many of our organizations, but the greatest gift he has given us is connecting us to one another. And, and we talk about that a lot. You know, there's money is currency, right? But but connections are are really where the where the action is. So let's tell everybody um, more about SourceLink. I know you sort of mentioned it a little bit at the beginning, but you know, give us an understanding of, of what the organization, what's the mission of it, kind of what your role is. You talked about your team a little bit. Um, just so if people are interested, they can kind of dig in and find out a little bit more about, about your organization. So uh, SourceLink is also going on 20 years old. Uh, it's been, been around for, for a bit since 2003. It initially started as Casey SourceLink. And so they're our, our first and oldest uh, affiliate. Uh, within a few months of launching Casey SourceLink, we actually expanded to several other markets, including Kansas, and ever since have been uh, growing and empowering communities all across the country to be able to identify their resources, connect those resources better to one another, and then also to entrepreneurs to be able to make impactful decisions around where there are gaps for entrepreneurs inside of their network and to take collaborative action to meet those gaps. And then last but not least, we help communities to measure their economic impact, which, as you mentioned, measuring a crazy quilt is no small task. (laughs) And the measures that we're using in traditional economic development are not going to be able to get us to where we need to be. But there's been a lot of exciting movement on on that front. But at any rate, so we work with communities of all sizes, rural, urban, multi-state regions. Uh, we've, We've done all of those kinds of things. But at its crux, it's identifying those resources, understanding them, connecting them, empowering, and then also measuring economic impact. And when it comes to what we want to accomplish, you know, what are the big goals of SourceLink? I really want to see entrepreneurship empowered all across the country. I want to see uh, all of us do a better job championing our local entrepreneurs and small business owners from our main streeters and microenterprises to those high-tech, high-growth firms like we mentioned. And with SourceLink, what we're doing is we're, we're building a national network of support for those that are involved in building those ecosystem types of approaches to economic development or those systems approaches to entrepreneurship-led economic development. And I want that network that is being created and what we are seeing and what we've been intentional about is going beyond just best practices and taking a true and genuine relationship-first type of approach to being uh, to building out the communities that we're engaging with. And as part of that, actually, we have an upcoming summit that we're going to be bringing everyone together in Puerto Rico to celebrate. But it's it's to your point, and I think you so beautifully put it, and I love that you mentioned Andy Stoll because he's one of those super connectors out there. Mm-hmm. It, it is really the, the social capital that we're sharing with one another, particularly after this pandemic, um, that has been able to carry us through and has been able to get us as far as we have with this with this work. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's a great explanation, and I think what you said too, we've seen, you know, there's no replacement for the human connection, right? I mean, robots can do things faster, you know, AI and so on, but really that sense of, of deep empathy and, and how we can um, work together and, and, and rise, everyone rises above. So 
This has been a great conversation, Rob. Thank you for coming on. I, I enjoyed spending a couple of days with you in Indianapolis. And one of my commitments was using the NACI platform and voice, including the, the, the podcast, to help, try to help advance people's understanding. So I hope people will get online and learn more about SourceLink, learn more about ecosystem building. Maybe some of them will sign up for your conference in Puerto Rico. That's not a bad place to go. <laughs> it's a beautiful place. So um, I thank you for your time and this has been a great conversation. I, I hope that you and all of our listeners have a wonderful day. Thank you, appreciate the time and opportunity. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you will continue to explore the many ways to define entrepreneurship with NACI as we celebrate opportunity, failing forward and success, learning from one another along the way. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform and follow at NACI on social media and learn more about us at NACI.com forward slash podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode each week. We look forward to making our way forward together with you. Have you heard the exciting news? NACI recently released a new publication titled The NACI Playbook, Volume 1, all about how entrepreneurial mindset sets the new standard for success in communities and colleges. The NACI Playbook digs into entrepreneurial mindset and how practicing leadership with this framework creates an agile culture with space to innovate, co-create, fail forward, and accelerate growth. Entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial leadership require us to lean in, anticipate and recognize trends, manage change, be resilient, take risks, reflect, and rest in the knowledge that anything is possible. Learn from our innovative, insightful, generous network who navigates both challenges and opportunities entrepreneurially as we share what we've learned and how you might apply their experience to your work. We hope you'll be as inspired as we were. Learn more at www dot nacyplaybook dot com